0: Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our honor, worthy of our worship. God, we're grateful for who you are. We're grateful for your faithfulness in our lives today. We're grateful for what you're already doing in this place and what you're going to do. We praise you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was standing down there on the front pew during worship, I was thinking about some other things in my life. Um, And then the Lord just kind of quickened me and was just like, you know, gratitude, what gratitude does is it gets your mind off of yourself and it puts it on Him. And so quickly I had to remind myself in that moment as I was standing there in worship and I had my attention and my mind on myself and I had to redirect my focus and say, wait a minute, this is not about me, worship is about God, amen? And so uh, I'm thankful for Jesus this morning. I'm also thankful for our lead pastors. How many of you are thankful for Pastor Scott and Julie today? We are blessed um, with some amazing lead pastors. And I say that genuinely from my heart. This is not just me getting up here and giving you a show today. Uh, I know my wife and I and our family, and I know that this church is. We are thankful for Pastor Scott and Julie, your amazing daughters. Madeline, Aubrey, Kaylee, you guys are amazing. And uh, we're thankful for you. I don't know if you guys know this, but this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. So I just challenge you, uh, when you get a moment at some point today or throughout this month, uh, take a moment to share your love with our, our pastors today, our lead pastors, and how much you're thankful for them. I know that we are so thankful for them. Also, if you didn't know, it's National Bosses Day, so happy National Bosses Day. Uh, I get the privilege and honor, uh, as long with, along with our team, to work with Pastor Scott, and uh, I'm thankful for you, and I appreciate your investment already in my life and, and our relationship. And I, I appreciate our pastors leading the charge uh, in kicking in Hell's gates. And, uh, and, uh, com- and, and seeing that assignment through to completion. Amen? Thank you for being here today. Thank you for worshiping with us on this Sunday. As Pastor Scott said, it is National Speed the Light Sunday. Speed the Light is an organization that is a vehicle of discipleship to which we raise money for every year to help missionaries all around the world take the gospel to the lost, the hurting, and the broken people, many who have never heard the message of the gospel and maybe even not heard the name of Jesus. And so we get the opportunity to partner with uh, uh, organizations like Speed the Light. Um, Just quickly, before we dive into the message today, how did Speed the Light start? Let me give you a quick story here. In 1944, Ralph W. Harris, the National CA Director at the time, walked into the General Superintendent's Office with this idea of teaching students the value of missions. And his idea was to ask every student across the nation in our Assemblies of God churches to give one dollar. His hefty goal of $100,000 amid a war-torn America got him laughed out of E.S. Williams' office. People said they could hear him laughing down the hallway at his ridiculous dream. But how many of you know today that when you live a life that is tied to the Spirit of God and walking in faith, that the Holy Spirit has a way of changing the heart's of even godly men in leadership. Within an hour, the general superintendent had changed his mind and gave Ralph Harris the green light to give it a try. And that was the beginning of one of the greatest discipleship tools the Assemblies of God has to offer today. Ralph raised over $113,000 that first year and purchased a used amphibious warplane. This same plane that had been used for destruction was now going to take missionaries to places that had never heard the gospel before. Those missionaries first landed in Liberia, Africa, where they began sharing the gospel all because students in America gave. And I'm excited to tell you that since that moment, almost $350 million has been given to speed the light, and Arkansas has given more than any other district in the Assemblies of God to the tune of over $23 million dollars. In fact, just last year, the Arkansas district alone gave $1.14 million to Speed the Light. So that we could take the gospel and help speed the light of the gospel around the world. Uh, One of Speed the Light's major ministry partnerships is with WorldServe International. We're going to give you an opportunity to give uh, to WorldServe today. Uh, at the end of the, the service today. But what they do is they dig deep bore wells in East Africa. And because of Speed the Light's partnership with them, they will dig 10 wells in the next few months, bringing clean water, clean drinking water to thousands of people who have been without. And while we're sitting in church today, nearly 100 children will die due to waterborne illnesses in sub-Saharan Africa. And we are doing our part to put an end to the water crisis. And the best part, is that these water wells are built on church property so not only are we bringing clean water but we're bringing the living water the gospel of jesus christ to families and children who've never heard the gospel is not that exciting amen so we're gonna have an opportunity to give uh... through the vehicle of speed delight world serve and provide clean drinking water uh... but before we do that we want to dive into the word of god today if you have your iphone or your android Or if you have your actual Bible, you are a saint, God bless you, Uh, hold up your phone in the air, wave it like you actually do care, and turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20, and we're going to be starting in verse 20. Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 20, and as you turn there, the title of the message today is, What Are You Tied To? Look at your neighbor and say, What are you tied to? I ask that question because the truth is, what you and I are tied to in this life will determine the story that our lives tell. What we're tied to will determine the story that our lives tell. Just a little bit of background of the text as you turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Here in Acts chapter 20, we see that Paul is on his third missionary journey, and he had just completed his assignment in Ephesus And then went on to Macedonia and Greece. And where we pick up in the text today, he is addressing the leaders of the Ephesian church before he departs for Jerusalem. And this is what he tells them. Actually, excuse me, starting in verse 18. I told you wrong. Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 18. And this is what he said. When they arrived, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And listen closely what he says in verse 22. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. God, we thank you for your word, and we ask, Lord, that you would anoint my lips today as your mouthpiece and as your broken vessel to convey the message that you put on my heart. And I pray that you would anoint every heart to be softened and every ear to be open, that we would receive and apply the word of God to our lives today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Paul said, I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem the word bound here in verse 22 comes from the greek word deo which literally means to bind or fasten together with chains to be tied to to be attached to be bound by the spirit the reality is is that paul was just as bound by or tied to the spirit as he would be by the chains that the romans would fasten to him in acts chapter 21 And many of us here today are watching this service online are bound, but it's not by the Holy Spirit. Some of us today are bound by fear, bound by sin, bound by addiction, bound by insecurities, bound by anxiety or depression, bound by pride, bound by bitterness and unforgiveness. But can I tell you today, church, that God has more for you and there is more in you and God wants to do something in your life today. I believe before we leave this place today that God is going to break the enchainment of sin and darkness off of your life and you will discover what it's like not to walk enchained by darkness but to be enchained and led by the Spirit of God to go and snatch other people from hell's grip and to begin to make disciples in this world. Amen? So I want to talk to you on this subject out of Acts chapter 20 today about three characteristics of people who are tied to the Spirit. Three characteristics of people who are tied to the Holy Spirit. If you back up just a little, and I just read this verse in verse 20. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 20, I never shrank back. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. And I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And he goes on to say it again, if you go down to verses 26 and 27, he says, I declare today that I've been faithful, and if anyone suffers eternal death, it is not my fault, for I did not shrink from declaring all that God wanted you to know. So number one today, if you're taking notes, those who are bound and chained or tied to the Holy Spirit refuse to shrink back into the shadows. They refuse to shrink back into the shadows. You see, Paul was so tied to the Spirit that he refused to shrink back in the moment. He refused to shrink back in his message and he refused to shrink back in his mission. Church, can I tell you today that we're living in a day and a time where we cannot allow the spirit of the age to cause us to shrink back in our message or in our mission. It was said that Paul was eager and in a hurry to get to Jerusalem because he had already missed the Passover and he wanted to make it in time for the festival of Pentecost. And he was anxious to get there because he was carrying gifts from the churches in Asia and in Greece that were to be given to the church in Jerusalem Because it was said at that time that the church in Jerusalem had been experiencing very difficult times. Paul was eager to get there because he had not shrunk back from the mission. People who were tied to the Holy Spirit refused to shrink back into the shadows, but rather they are willing and ready at any moment to go wherever the Lord may send them into living rooms, into ICU units, into funeral homes, into nursing homes, into the streets, into the highways and the byways so that others may hear and know of the hope and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We cannot shrink back. Let me challenge you today, church. That now is the hour and now is the time that we must make up our minds today that from this day forward, we will be someone whose life will tell the story that we were so tied to the Spirit of God that we were willing to go wherever God assigned us to go and do whatever God asked us to do. That when God said move, you moved. That when God said stay, you stayed. That when God said leave this assignment and go to the next one, you went without hesitancy because you were so tied to the Spirit. That you could not help but not shrink back into the shadows. Never has there been a more crucial time for the church to stand up and declare that we will not back down. We will not shrink back into the shadows. But we will stand up. We will step out. And we will commit ourselves to bringing hope, healing, and comfort to the lost and the hurting and the broken. Do not shrink back. May I challenge you today. Do not shrink back into the shadows of fear. Do not shrink back into the shadows of insecurity. Do not shrink back into the shadows of guilt and shame. Do not shrink back into the shadows of a non-committal lifestyle. Do not shrink back. Can somebody look at your neighbor today and say, don't shrink back. Look at the person on the other side of you and say, don't shrink back. I can tell you today Why Paul was so adamant, why he was so steadfast, why he was so determined to not shrink back. He refused to shrink back because he knew that he had found the secret sauce. He knew that he had discovered the answer to all of life's questions. And his name was and is Jesus. You see, Paul could not shrink back. He could not stop. He couldn't take his foot off the gas. He couldn't give up, even if he wanted to, because he knew that he was carrying something so much more significant than just a tangible gift in his hands. No, he was carrying with him the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And he knew that in everything, Christ was the answer. And Christ was enough. Can I tell you today friend? Now is not the time to shrink back. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't stop praying for your spouse. Don't stop praying for your lost sons or daughters. Don't stop sharing the love of Jesus with your coworker. Don't stop. Don't shrink back. Our children are looking to the church. Our teenagers are looking to the church. Young families are looking to the church. Our school districts and teachers and administrators are looking to the church. Our community leaders and officials are looking to the church. Lost, broken and hurting people are looking to the church. And if we choose to shrink back into the shadows, then who else will they look to but the world? Now is the time for the church To come out of the shadows and rise up and set the standard and set the example that we will not be a people who shrink back, but we will be a people who stand strong with a spirit filled backbone and declare to our community and to the world abroad that Christ is the answer and Christ is enough. I don't know about you today. But I've come to the place in my life that I have made up my mind and I have concluded, as Paul said, that Christ is enough. Until the day I die through heartaches, through trials, through struggles, through brokenness, through frustrations, through the ups and downs and the twists and turns of life, on the mountain and in the valley, I will not shrink back, but I will continue to preach Christ and Him crucified. You see, the power of the gospel is that over 2,000 years ago, God sent His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin and for your sin. And three days later, He rose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave, so that by repentance and believing in Him, you and I could be free from sin, free from shame, free from bondage, so that we could walk not in darkness, but in the light of His victory every day, knowing that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. Don't shrink back today. Don't shrink back into the shadows. This is the message. This is the mission that we cannot shrink back from telling the world. If we're going to be the people who are tied to the Spirit, I charge you today, I plead with you, don't shrink back. Hebrews chapter 10 Starting in verse 35 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and he will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Do not shrink back. We pick back up in Acts chapter 20 in the second part of verse 22 and Paul goes on to say, I do not know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. He says, I do not know what awaits me. You know what that tells me is that people who are tied to the Spirit are committed to giving God their yes, even when they're surrounded by uncertainty. We must be a people who are committed to giving God our yes, even when we're surrounded by uncertainty. Paul was committed to giving God his yes, no matter what might come. Are there any parents in the room today that your children seem to be committed to giving you the answer no? Would anybody be an honest parent in the room today? (laughs) Seems like your children are committed to giving you their no. Our 19-month-old Kason uh, has two favorite words. And his favorite words are, huh? And no. So frustrating. I know he's only 19 months old, but it's still frustrating. Because he is committed to giving two answers. Huh? And no. No. And every time I think he's going to give me his yes, it's always, huh, or no. It's honestly disappointing. Sometimes Morgan will pick him up before I get to see him, and when he first sees me, he bursts out with excitement. And his first word is, Daddy! And so then I greet him with excitement, and I reach out my arms for him to come to me, and all I get is, No! (laughs) And I'm like what? I thought you were happy. What am I not understanding here? And I know that this is a really silly illustration, but as I begin to think about that in my own life, and my child, I begin to wonder if sometimes we look like that to our heavenly father. We greet him with excitement, like we love him with an undivided love and we'd do anything for him. We'd go anywhere he would send us. We'd do anything he would ask us to do. And so he comes and he greets us with excitement to come closer to him and to lead us into our purpose and our destiny. But so many times our actions in response to him greeting us say, oh, that's cute, God. I love you and everything and you're my homeboy, but I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't give that. You see, I'm too busy. I'm not good at that. Someone else can do that. Church, can I tell you today more than ever before, we are living in uncertain times. But more than ever before, we must be willing to give God our undivided yes. The reality is that our tomorrow is uncertain, our government is uncertain. Our jobs are uncertain. The future is uncertain. But there is one in whom we can put our trust who will be as certain tomorrow as he was yesterday and today. The one who was and is and is to come. And his name is Jesus Christ. Come hell or high water. Come persecution. Come tragedy, come suffering, come heartache and pain, come walls crumbling down all around us, we must be so tied to the Spirit that despite a crazy and chaotic world, we can still give God our yes. Some of you in this room today, maybe you're walking in a season of great uncertainty in your life right now. Maybe you feel like God has forgotten you. Maybe you feel like God went silent and you still haven't heard from Him and it's been a while. Earlier this week as I was praying, this is what I felt like the Lord said and I'm, I am not ever a person who ever claims thus saith the Lord. But as I was preparing this message, uh, I just felt like maybe this might be for someone else because I know it was for me personally in my personal life, but I want to share it with you because perhaps you're here today or you're watching online and you're wondering if God has forgotten you and you're 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 walking through very uncertain times, unstable times in your life right now. And as I was praying, this is what I felt like the Lord said to me. Am I not God? Am I not holding you up? Have I forsaken you? No. I have not. For I have promised in my word that I will never leave you or forsake you because I love you with an everlasting love. Know today that I am your God and I do not change. Can I tell you today that in times of uncertainty, there is one who you can put your trust and your faith in and you can know today, yesterday, tomorrow that he didn't change then and he won't change now because he is God and he will always be God. Some of us today have been riding the fence of our faith for way too long because of fear and uncertainty. But I came to tell you that today is your day. Now is the time, this is the hour, and this is the season that more than ever before, we must be willing to give God our undivided yes even in the midst of very uncertain times. We pick up in verse 24. Paul goes on to say, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. And that is the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Can I tell you today, church, number three and my final point today, if you're taking notes, that people who are tied to the Spirit are committed to seeing the assignment through to completion. People who are tied to the Spirit of God are committed to seeing the assignment through to completion. You see, the single most important goal of Paul's life was to tell others about Jesus. And that should be so for us as well. You say, Pastor Caleb, what assignment are you talking about? What is the assignment for the church and for every believer? Well, the Bible's pretty clear in Matthew chapter 28 Verses 19 and 20, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This church is the assignment. To be committed to seeing the assignment through to completion is being committed to making disciples of all nations. Making disciples of Boone County here in our community locally. Making disciples across the world globally and internationally. That is the assignment. And if we are to be people tied to the Spirit, then that means we would be committed to seeing that assignment through to completion. Not only is this the hour to not shrink back into the shadows, and not only is this the hour to give God our undivided yes, but this also is the hour to make up our minds that we are going to be committed to seeing the assignment through to completion. I don't know if it needs reminding, but church, can I remind you today that the hour is late. We don't have all the time in the world. I know that we we go about our days and our lives and we're busy and we have many things to do. But can I tell you, the hour is late. It may seem like we have all the time in the world, but we don't. We don't know the day or hour. I don't know the day or hour that Christ will come back. But I can tell you, He's coming back soon. And we don't have all the time in the world to just sit back and wonder and let someone else complete the assignment. Now is not the time to be on the fence. Now is not the time to say, well, I'll get to it when my kids are grown and out of the house. Right now, we just got a lot going on, you know? Church, we have a big assignment and there's a lot of work to be done and we're running out of time. So I challenge you today to link arms with the Spirit. Link arms with the body of Christ today and commit to seeing the assignment through to completion of snatching people from hell's grip before it's too late. Morgan, you can go ahead and come back. People need Jesus. There are lost, hurting, and broken people right here in our community who are hungry for Jesus. And in order for them to experience Christ, we must be committed to seeing the assignment through to completion. So as I get ready to close, maybe you're here today and you say, how can I do this, Pastor Caleb? This is great. We don't need to shrink back into the shadows. We need to give God our yes. We need to be committed to seeing the assignment through to completion. What are my action steps? How do I respond to this? How can I be a part of the process of seeing the assignment through to completion? I'm glad you asked. There are three ways that we can respond today to make the decision from this day forward that we're going to choose to begin to live a life that is tied and chained and bound not to the fears and the things of this life but bound to the Spirit of God so that we can do what he's called us to do three ways we can respond today and just to kind of give you a heads up before I get into the details of each one of these three steps hang with me today if you can because we're going to have an invitation for people to respond for salvation at the very end I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the first step but we're going to circle back to it once we've walked through people through how to serve and how to give. We're going to come back at the very end and I'll invite the prayer team to come and we're going to give an opportunity for salvation. We're also going to give an opportunity for those who are here today uh, that maybe want to recommit or rededicate your heart to Jesus. Okay? So number one, how do I respond? Three ways to respond. The first one, as I just said, is surrendering your heart to Jesus Christ and surrendering your life completely to Him. Or perhaps there's some in the room today that say, I need to rededicate my heart to Him. I need to make a recommitment to Christ today and what He originally called me to do that I'm running from. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we're going to circle back to that here in just a moment. So I encourage you to remain in that vein, in that heart of of worship. Number two, how can I respond today? How can I make the decision to be part of the process of seeing the assignment through to completion today? You can find a place to serve. And I want to take a moment before I jump into this and, and just kind of pat our church on the back. Because over the last few weeks... We have seen many, many people get plugged in, in ministries and various areas to start serving in the local church, thank you, thank you for doing that, but there are more places and we're still in need of more people to step up and say, you know what Pastor Scott, you know what Pastor Caleb, you know what team, I'm I want to be a part of the process of making disciples not just locally but across the world how can I get involved how can I serve in one of the ministries here in our church Cindy has done a very great job of putting this together over the last week but she has made it available so that when you go onto the website um, what you'll do is you'll go to HarrisonFaith.org in fact if you're in here today and maybe the Lord has been tugging on your heart Perhaps you've been at home over the last few weeks and you felt like the Holy Spirit has nudged you to step out of your comfort zone and find a place to serve. Maybe today, maybe this is another confirmation for you. So I just encourage you right now in this moment, if you have your phone or tablet or a way that you can get online, even right now as I'm talking to you, let me just kind of quickly walk you through the steps. You can go to our website, HarrisonFaith.org, and there's a place that will I think it's like a little pop-up there on our the home page of the website that says next steps so go to our website harrisonfaith.org find the little deal there on the home page and it will say next steps and when you click next steps uh, you can also click on volunteer opportunities so once you click on next steps another page will come up and you'll see it there where it says volunteer opportunities or you can go straight to the church center app if you have the church center app on your phone, download it already. You can go straight to the app and click on volunteer opportunities. um, And that will basically open up for you and show you areas where we still are needing volunteers and people to get plugged into serving in the local church. Amen? Does that make sense? Go to the website, next steps, and then you'll see volunteer opportunities there. And those are kind of your next steps as far as finding a place to serve. The next one, The next way that you can respond today to help see the assignment through to completion is you can give. We're thankful for your faithfulness in tithe and offering and giving in all those ways, but today we have an opportunity to give through the vehicle of Speed the Light to not only provide clean drinking water for families in Africa, but also to provide them an opportunity to receive the living water of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to give you that opportunity today. And So let me kind of walk through it. If you're new to this, uh, we've done this, I think, the last two years. Uh, But if you're new to this and you've never been a part of this, what we have is we have Speed the Lot envelopes uh, from from that side all the way to here. uh, Or, sorry, um, excuse me. All the way across, they're numbered 1 to 99. But there's two sets. So they're layered here. There's two sets of envelopes layered 1 through 99 all the way across from that side of the stage to the far side over there. And so what we ask you to do and encourage you to do is just come and take one envelope today. Unless you feel like the Lord's leading you to take more, then you can take more. But come and grab one envelope. And last year we had our uh, district youth director here. And I'm gonna challenge us the same way he challenged us last year. I'm gonna challenge you to come and grab your envelope and whatever amount is on your envelope I'm going to challenge you to give double that amount because here's the awesome opportunity we also have is that as we partner and as Feed the Light partners with WorldServe and as we give to clean drinking water through World Serve today they have matching donors what that means is by the end of this year whatever our church raises that amount will be matched so just to give you a little uh, recollection here of last year I think it was around I want to say 18 maybe but with matching donors I think we had uh, 26 maybe 26,000 I don't know if I have those numbers correctly but it was somewhere around 26,000 total because of the matching donors that we were able to raise for Speed to Light and so we just want to encourage you today to come and grab an envelope and give double what's on that envelope does that make sense does that makes sense to everybody money will need to be returned by December 4th at the latest so that we can have time to get all that collected and get it back to uh, the person that we need to get it to within the district or within the national office, whoever that is. So as we, as she just kind of plays today, we're going to remain in this vein of worship, remain in this heart of worship. And I'm just going to invite you to come. Just begin to come, grab whatever uh, envelope that you want. And most importantly, I know I said I challenge you to give double what's on the envelope. And here's the most important thing, because we just talked about today what it means to be tied to the Spirit. So the biggest challenge of all is just simply that. Be tied to the Spirit today as you give. I don't care what envelope you grab. If it says one, if it says 99, I don't care. You be tied to the Holy Spirit today. And if you grab an envelope that says 99 and the Lord leads you and says, you're giving $500 today, well, that's great. But I want you to be led of the Spirit. Amen? So come today, grab an envelope, let the Holy Spirit lead you and what you need to give today. Amen. Completion. Also, if you didn't grab an envelope or if there's someone watching online today and you're part of our regular uh, attendance and you're not here today, you can also give online uh, and we can walk you through that. If you need to know how to give online, call the church office tomorrow, uh, 870 741 2635, and we'll walk you through how to give online as well if you'd like to choose the online option of giving. But before we leave this place today, told you we were going to circle back to giving an opportunity for salvation today because the truth is that's really the beginning step if you're here today maybe you've never made that decision maybe you've never said the sinner's prayer and accepted Jesus Christ into your heart to be the Lord of your life and to follow after him or maybe you're here today and you say you know what really feel like the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me that it's time for me to recommit my heart and my life to Him because maybe for some reason I have not been walking in the vein that He wants me to walk in. Maybe for some reason I haven't been listening and doing what He's asked me to do. I don't know what that might be for you personally but as the prayer team comes today I'm going to invite them to come and just stand along the front. There's going to be people here so if you choose to walk down today you will not be by yourself. But this is the biggest and first way that we can commit to seeing the assignment due to completion is by surrendering our heart and our life wholeheartedly to Jesus so that we can then begin to follow after Him and hear His voice and follow whatever He's calling and asking us to do. And so before I have you move today, Just a couple of things. The first thing is this. I know that there may be a lot of churches that don't like doing this because they don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. They don't want things to be awkward. But just stick with me for just a moment, if you don't mind. The first thing that I want to tell you before you move is just simply this this is a safe place, this is the body of Christ. In fact, I would go as far to say that this body should be one of the safest places that we feel we can go in this community. This is a safe place. We are the body of Christ. We together are the church. So you're in a safe place. You need to know that. And, and number two, quickly, let me just share with you what I feel like the Lord showed me as I was preparing for this message today. This is what I feel like the Lord showed me that if you're here today and you respond for the invitation to give the Lord your, your heart for the first time or whether you respond today and you come down to rededicate your heart and your life to Him I feel like the Lord just said as you begin to move out of your seat here in just a moment that when you begin to move out of your seat and into a forward motion and begin to take a step down the aisle I believe the Lord said that the enchantment of your past and whatever that you're battling will begin to break off of your life And when you get down to this altar and you say yes to God, you're going to discover what it's like to live a life that is tied to His Spirit, to link arms with God, to link arms with His Spirit, and to link arms with the body of Christ, and to begin to help other people do the same. That's what I felt like the Lord said. So as our prayer team is here, I'm going to invite you to come today if that's you. I know that that may be a little bit uncomfortable for you, but I just want to challenge you today that if the Lord is speaking to your heart and you need to either give your heart to Him for the first time or you need to recommit your heart and your life to Jesus, now is your moment. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. So I'm going to invite you to come. The prayer team is here. I'm going to be down here to pray. If that's you today, would you come? And I believe as you take a step of faith that God's going to meet you right where you are he's going to begin to do a work in your life. Amen? Come today if that's you.